Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm joined in the studio by Trisha Kasson, Andrew Maynard, and Jenna Zins. And we are here to talk about the different ways that in the church that we can pray. It's a big, big family that we can approach it in different ways. But before we begin, let's start off with prayer. Jenna, could you start us off, please? Yeah, I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of mercies, we lift our hearts to you in gratitude and in praise. We thank you for choosing us for your own. We ask, Lord, that you continue to bless our lives. Reveal yourself to us. Reveal ourselves to us so that we may um, abandon all things that are not of you and chase after you um, with fervent desire for love and for heaven alone. We ask that you bless all listeners May this time be anointed. May every heart that needs to hear a certain message hear it. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, and we ask that you um, just watch over us in this recording. We ask all things through the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciated that. And, you know, it's... It's beautiful that we can approach the Lord in so many different ways. And Trisha, I think we were talking right before we began about, you know, encountering different things in the church and going, wait a minute, Catholics do this? And so you said you had a story about that? Well, I just yeah. had an experience mm-hmm. of going to a, I would say maybe a more charismatic prayer session mm-hmm. um, where people were praying with the guitar and some people had their hands open or raised um, and some people were praying their own prayers out loud. So speaking to the Lord out loud where the others around them could hear the conversation they were having with Christ. Um, and the person I was there was a newly baptized Catholic who didn't realize that the the church had a place for charismatic prayer mm. um, and didn't realize that there was this type of prayer in the church and it was okay and um, so I just thought it might be an interesting conversation to have um, because I also have other friends where um, only go to the Latin mass, you know, and I mm, don't think people mm. realize that the Latin mass still has a place in the church. Um, so I think it'd just be an interesting discussion to have about all the different ways we can pray and approach Christ. And I think it's good to kind of address this, uh, you know, kind of elephant in the room. There's often a case of like, okay, you got to, if you don't pray the traditional way, if you, or if you don't pray, you know, in the spirit, that you're somehow not praying to Christ. Or less Catholic or less right. holy. Like there's right. a holier way to pray or a better way to pray or... And and I think addressing that is, is important, so... Well, I think it's so often in society we try and box people and, and, and put them in a corner, you know, are you a Republican, a Democrat, liberal, conservative, mm-hmm. like in, in the church, it's like, are you traditional or are you charismatic? And it's, it's such a false and yeah. dare I say evil distinction because the Catholic church has its roots in tradition. Like mm-hmm. that is one of the things that is, is a hallmark of Catholicism is the tradition of the church and charis- to, to be charismatic the, the meaning of that word it, it's it's to be to receive gifts you know mm-hmm. to, right. to be gifted and charismatic related to the holy spirit and if you if we all think about our catholic faith for a second well those are two 
wherever you go. Those are two hallmarks of our faith. And so mm-hmm. I, I really think we need to dis- be diligent in dispelling that myth, whether it's, well, I'm traditional because I go to uh, the extraordinary form of the Latin Mass, or I'm charismatic because I prefer to go to Mass where there's a guitar and, and there's re- more relevant music. You know, it's it's... Mm-hmm. I think we really need to start to broaden our horizons and realize that, you know, God has really big arms. Yeah. You know, has really big arms and the church is big. You know, mm-hmm. we've been around for 2000 years. Most definitely. You know, there's a different way that human beings experience things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I, I know personally when, you know, I get in, in a uncomfortable zone, as it were, for, you know, a, a way of praying that I'm not familiar with. And I know Father Nick, he, there's often times where he's, he, you could just tell he's agitated. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not always at, well, maybe He I starts am. to have this little, like, tick or something, and you could just tell, like, you get under his skin and you can keep going with it. It's it's really funny. Can you tell that uh, I've known Andrew for over 20 years now? Yeah, a long time. <laughs> So, you know, when I'm in an uncomfortable zone, it's like the the natural human reaction to say, oh, nope, that's not good. But rather, we should be open to, all right, how is the spirit moving here? What What is good? Is this focusing on Christ? You know, what Christ says, you know, mm-hmm. by their fruits, you will know them. Mm-hmm. And so allowing to see what are the fruits of this type of prayer. So I guess, should we define terms? I mean, what we like doing, like, should we define terms? And the reason why we... we you know, in our conversation preparing for this, you know, we said this is a really big pressure point for a lot of young adults is, am I doing this right? Mm-hmm. Am right. I, am I, I mean, for lack of a better term, am I doing this well? And I think a lot of conversation, um, whether it's in specific churches or it's in even strong Catholic circles, people who have had conversions themselves and really want to win souls for Christ, the conversation always goes to young people. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like, what can we do for young people? And there's this desperation and this fear that there's one path to get all young people mm-hmm. to really come back around to the Lord. And I think that's part of this discussion is there is mm-hmm. no one path. Every heart is their own heart. So, I mean, yeah, I in listening, I agree with everyone. You know, I, I think what Andrew was saying that it's wrong to have like camps within the mm-hmm. church. Right. Um, but I, I think it's important to say too, that it's okay to have preferences though. Mm. So yes. like the Lord yeah, is going to communicate to me in the way that I will grow closest to him. And, and for me, let's um, that's contemplative prayer. Okay. So it's okay that I like to pray silently and that's what I prefer, but mm-hmm. I don't think it, so it's not wrong to have a preference because God is going to reach us in whatever way he can because he wants to be with me. So he's going to do whatever it takes. Um, but with that being said, it's okay to have a preference, but we just can't have this attitude of that like our way is the best way and how God talks to me is how he's going to talk to everybody else. Yes. Mm. Or like I need to impose how I, like you said, how I relate with God best on Father Nick because... Yeah. You know, there is one way. It is Jesus Christ is one way. But within that one way, you know, there's different way. I mean, even in the Gospels, we see how Christ approached different people. So personally. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just and individually. individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, jinx. jinx. <laughs> <laughs> because he wanted them to live for a life for more. You are listening to a life for more on St. Gabriel Radio. You can hear us on Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three or online and on demand at com. My name is Trisha Cass and I'm joined in the studio by two young men who I went to kindergarten with all the way through senior year of high school, Father Nick Ventura and um, Andrew Maynard, and then also Jenna Zins. 
And we are talking. We did not go to kindergarten. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that we would have had a lot of fun. For sure. (laughs) Um, But today we're just discussing, you know, all the different ways you can pray within the Catholic Church and just the beauty of the universality of the Catholic Church. So, I mean, that, you know, it's hitting on is that there are different ways. And Trisha, you were talking about, you know, how God might speak to me is different than how he might speak to someone else. It's a personal sort of encounter. But there is uh, a distinction when we're talking about the public worship of the church. The church has a certain way of communicating with God. Now, her individual members Mm -hmm. may communicate in specific ways, but just because God can speak to me in you know, beautiful imagery or, you know, in a, that in that quiet or in, in, you know, beautiful Christian music, it doesn't mean that's how the public worship of the church right. should be. Right. So the, the church has her way of communicating with her groom, with her bridegroom, with the one for whom she was saved. So... um uh, and what is that? Through the liturgy? Through the liturgy. You know, th- that's why we have certain rules with how we approach in Mass or, yeah. you know, any of the public liturgical worship, the sac. When it comes to the sacraments, basically that's where there are, you know, there's kind of one way. You can't really be too creative mm-hmm. with that because... Because it has to remain universal. Right. It's universal and it's not my action. Mm-hmm. It's the action of the body of Christ. And so that's how the body of Christ interacts with God. Now, but then when we go on a more personal level, different people engage with that body in different ways. But then when we come together as the body, we have a certain way that we do it. And and I think that's where, you know, why people get very touchy about these distinctions, because they, they want to take what's, you know, a norm in liturgical worship and then apply it to all personal forms of prayer, which is not, that was not the intention of these things. I mean, would you say that's a pretty good definition or do you disagree? You're welcome to disagree. No, I'd say, I'd say it's, Pretty solid. Okay. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, no, it's good. The first time you're agreeing with me. Yeah. I'm all, yeah that, <laughs> I am trying really hard to think of a way to disagree right now. <laughs> but no, so far, I have nothing. Well, I, I think St. Paul's uh, theology of the body of Christ mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians is just such a treasure for for our faith. Because in in that in that discourse, he talks about, you know, not everybody is, you know, the head, not everybody's the hand, feet, the heart, whatever body part he's talking mm-hmm. about. But in terms of he, he goes to, well, not everybody's meant to teach and not everybody right. is to minister in this way and have prophetic gifts or to speak in tongues or to prophesy. Um, and in the same way, you know, what we do in an individual spirituality builds up and is related back to the body of Christ, which receives its fullest expression in the public worship of the church, which is the mass. Mm-hmm. And and it's that, you know, the Eucharist, the Eucharist is that source and the summit, you know, everything flows from it and everything, you know, builds up to it, you know, that is it for us. And so, you know, there's this beautiful play of individuality and in, in universality, you know, mm-hmm. or, that's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about our faith. Yeah, that's why and, I love it. And I think it's great that you know, I, I think talking about 
1 Corinthians there is important when we're talking about this, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, is that there's you know many parts in one body, and each part has their role to play. So I guess maybe at this time, maybe talk about in our own personal lives, what's, you know, I, I guess I can start, you know, I prefer, you know, kind of like Trisha, that, that quietness. I, I also do like, you know, communal singing. You know, that, that singing together is really has been a big part of my own, um, you know, growth in, in relationship with God. When I'm singing with other people who believe the same things, it, it just it leaves me energized and I feel fed. Um, you know, things like that. I know it, it might seem contrary because I am very particular with how I celebrate the Mass, but it, that's how something on a mm-hmm. personal level, how I connect with the Lord and, you know, I'm able to to be with him, you know, among a community. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that God, yeah, like kind of how I said before, God, I just, I just imagine him as like this pursuer who will do whatever it takes. And so when I was a young girl, you know, when we're, for, when I was a 14 year old young lady, I was emotional. I mean, I'm probably still a little emotional. <laughs> 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 you know, as uh, kids, we are emotional and we like to be uh, excited and we like to be energized. And so at that time in my life, like Jesus spoke to me through charismatic prayer. Like when I was 15, like I felt so close to Christ when someone was leading me in praise and worship with a guitar and people were praying with their hands open and we were singing songs that I like liked the way they sounded. And um, in that time of my life, like God really spoke to me through charismatic prayer. And, you know, as I got older, um, now that I'm, 30. Not that God doesn't speak to 30 year olds through charismatic prayer, but I think that, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think there's different times in our lives where maybe mm-hmm. we hear the voice of God more effectively in different ways. Um, I will say though, that through it all, um, the sacraments have always made me feel or no I, I keep using the word feel and sometimes our faith isn't about feeling mm-hmm. um but it's an experience i mean you can use the word feel in terms of experience it's a very human emotions yeah. are very human yeah and, yeah so i mean i and i think that's, that's i think good. if i had to summarize my spirituality in a word it would be sacramental sacramental yeah though i would say that's the goal of all christians is the sacraments you know having a sacramental spirituality so i think we just always need to be open to going further Mm -hmm. and being drawn deeper and higher Mm -hmm. than we ever experienced because i think we can settle and get comfortable and so even you know we talked in the beginning we were kind of joking about what it's like to be uncomfortable in a prayer situation but you have to figure out are you uncomfortable because it's wrong or are you uncomfortable because you're not open Mm -hmm. so like are is there is it an obstacle that should be there or is it an obstacle that shouldn't be there and just a reminder you all are listening to a live for more on saint gabriel catholic radio um this is a show by young people for young people but also anybody else in the church (laughs) (laughs) and you can hear it thursdays at noon sundays at three or um online at saintgabrielradio.com and so like going further could you elaborate like what do you mean by going for the, should we ever just be complacent with our own style of praying? No, I think all, I just was um, reading something about St. Therese's parents and St. Zelie and the author of the piece was saying that Zelie knew just these truths about life that um, intimacy comes from vulnerability, joy comes from the present moment um, and understanding of life comes from self gift. And so I think in prayer, like 
we are constantly seeking to be vulnerable so we can grow in into intimacy with the Lord. In prayer, we want to be joyful and live a joyful life. So we have to pray every day and in every moment, you know, um, and we have to give ourselves over to relationship with Jesus in order for him to call us deeper. So I think a lot of a lot of times we can get stagnant and we can say, well, I just really love going somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> wow. I, you just imitated some voices. <laughs> yeah. and, and it becomes like, and that's all I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you're challenged with something where you can feel like, oh, this might take me to a different place. I'm, I don't want to. Hmm. You know, and that can be either way. It could be somebody going to, you know, a mass with chant versus just like him after him after him after him or, you know, or silence. Or it could be somebody going to a charismatic prayer event one time and just being immediately. Am I making no, any sense? No, you are. <laughs> I think it's, I, you are. I think it's important to talk about those things because with this topic about universality of our, our of our spirituality, you know, Early on, we talked about not being stuck in this traditional camp or this charismatic, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, camp. But I think our listeners are probably really wondering about those very topics like, Mm. um, you know, where is this in the tradition of the church? You know, how does this fit? You know, especially, you know, something that seemingly started outside of the church, like with a a charismatic renewal revival. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, open that up to... Because it, yeah. it it has its foundation in scripture in some way. Like I, yeah. I always think of King David when he's dancing pres- for the Lord. He's yeah. pres- in procession with the Ark of the Covenant, and it says he was undignified. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he was naked, mm-hmm. but he, he was like in his his loincloth. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I mean, he might as well be naked, and people are yeah. scandalized by the King of Israel mm-hmm. who is dancing. And I'm sure there's more. Uh, literal meanings to that text or other spiritual or scriptural meanings to that text, but it's in, in one way where the body and the soul are engaged in the worship of, of God, which is the same, you know, in other I think, expressions. I mean, it has a place in the church, and, you know, just the thought that occurred to me was, you know, we, in our own selves— when we experience that union of soul and body, you know, where, you know, our spirits are unified with the Lord and our bodies are, you know, engaged in that. And, you know, we, we just experience that joy in the present moment. It It's never helpful if the soul, like, you know, hates the body or if the body hates mm-hmm. the soul. So in, in, in particular reference with the charismatic movement, you know, there's all this thing. It needs to happen. You know, renewal needs to happen. Reconciliation, you know, contrition. Um, needs to happen. And so whenever it comes to the church um, seemingly hating itself, that's where I start saying, hold up, wait a second. You can't, self-hatred never gets. I don't don't understand where you get self-hatred from what you just described. You mean in the sense of the charismatic movement having this idea that they're needed, that it's needed? Well, by self-hatred, I mean... You know, well, the church is just corrupt, and we need to do away with it and come up with start again, because there are those elements in you know the charismatic renewal that you know is like just start again. You know, we've been too weighed down by tradition, and just start over. Which I would say, hang on, just like kind of talking about the beginning of the show, we come from a history, we have a tradition that's been handed on to us, so we have to be careful you know, of that balancing act, both welcoming in what is new, but at the same time keeping in 
uh, in concert with what came before, a, a living organism. And I guess that's kind of where, if the new growth um, is actually hurting the body, that's not growth. That's called a cancer, right? Yeah, no, but I do also think that purification can be painful. Okay. So, and I'm not, and I, I don't, I guess I, I'm not a theologian. I don't know, you know, sometimes I, I don't know. No. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm saying is I think that um, the Holy Spirit is purifying and sometimes yeah. that can be painful. Okay. I've never had the experience that the charismatic renewal wanted to start the church anew. Okay. But I also right. don't know the history of the church I or think, I'm right. coming from a very ignorant I mean, position. my experience is the idea of renewal is more new evangelization focused, meaning, mm-hmm. hey, let's start speaking language people understand. Let's start inviting people into prayer that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if you were to like if you were to say to a complete stranger who had never heard of prayer, sit down with this book and change the page every once in a while. Mm-hmm. This is called Liturgy of the Hours. Aren't you excited? <laughs> Do you know, like, chances are they would go, what on earth? Do you know, like, there's a reality that there are certain prayers that we pray as a people that it just, your heart has to be ready for. And so my understanding, I could be wrong, whatever, mm-hmm. somebody write a letter to St. Gabriel. <laughs> to me. Um, but my understanding is it's more of, hey, people who are hungry, people who need to learn just mm-hmm. kind of the basics of, you know, a relationship with the Lord. Like, what can we offer them? Let's offer them this idea that you can be open in conversation. Let's op- offer this idea that you can, you know, repeat certain phrases from the Psalms over and over, whether in song or just in language, you know, in speech. And it's going to actually do something for your heart. That's so that's and obviously people you can distort anything for what mm-hmm. you want it to be. And so probably all of our experience, just because we've been pretty heavily involved in the church through our young lives, um, we've encountered leaders who might have distorted certain things. But to me, it seems it's just more of like, hey, it's just another way to help people understand prayer. It's just another way to help people understand what it means to love Jesus. And I think that's, I guess that's where I was kind of going with it, is when it's looked at as the sole way, that's right. where it gets into mm-hmm. into problematics, where it's just like, okay, this is to help. This is to yes. support. This is to aid in my relationship and growing with Christ. And, and it's beautiful that we have all these different ways. You know, one of... Um, a way that I'm uncomfortable with, but I know can have uh, fruit is, um, or I just blanked on the name. It's um, <laughs> you are that uncomfortable. Lexio Divina. Yeah. No, I'm comfortable with Lexio Divina. I'm just I love things out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke, everybody. No, I love the mass. Oh, um, it, it's a form of meditation, meditational prayer. That's just like repeating, you know. Over oh. and over again, uh, like, like with centering, centering, C- prayer? centering prayer. Like you know, it's oh, I think there's Taze. like specific Taze teaching prayer. on centering. That's prayer. that's where ta- uh, Taze is. That how we say? Uh, sorry, I know. We're, I, no, please, today. maybe it's excuse today. the ignorance. Excuse the ignorance here. <laughs> this but... show is gonna have so many calls and letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good. We're actually talking about the show yeah. then. <laughs> um, but you know that that's. But I know it can have fruit. It, ha- right. it has had fruit right. for people, mm-hmm. and so you know, instead of saying, "Well, I'm uncomfortable with it, so it can't be good." Rather than saying, all right, that's helping someone and helping them encounter. Actually, when I was on the Camino, I was walking with a woman who had been an atheist Mm -hmm. and then um, entered the church through Taze prayer. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
She was, she's from a different country. God but. can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go much further, yeah. as the show is wrapping up in the next few minutes, you know, in terms of prayer, we have to mention the rosary. Yeah. The rosary. Yeah. We would, it would be a crime to not mention the rosary. Mm-hmm. Well, because okay. people have weird ideas about that, too. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, the repetition and, you mm-hmm. know, seemingly, you know, I've heard from our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, the Lord condemns in, in Scripture vain repetition, yet we say 50 Hail Marys, mm-hmm. you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's almost like, um, I think John Paul II, maybe St. John Paul II, described the repetition, the repetitive nature of the rosary. It's like a, like a, a hum. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, how, like mm-hmm. a, a hum in the background while you're meditating on the life of Jesus Christ, which is essentially, you know, mm-hmm. the rosary yeah. is, a, is a meditation on the gospel. And just... It, it is a private devotion, you know, mm-hmm. nothing that, like, I don't have to pray the rosary. To, right. And, and yeah, I, no, I, I don't like yeah. to say that, but if there's anything that has been sanctioned by the church mm-hmm. over and over and over again as a very concrete and sure way to grow in your spiritual life mm-hmm. and to attain heaven yeah. by God's grace, it is the rosary. But the rosary mm-hmm. is still private revelation? It's well, it's still a private devotion. private devotion. It's still private devotion, but it's been like it's not like private devotion in Prague. Private devotion. I know that's kind of a a separate thing, but it's more of a you know, it's part of the the uh, the bread that makes up Catholic devotional mm-hmm. life. Yeah, my comment was in no way to knock the rosary at all. I yeah, just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the rosary is a beautiful thing because it is that time to meditate on the life of Christ and in both his joys, sorrows, his glory, and even amidst his own ministry. It sounds like basically what we're trying to say is if you're listening and you want to grow in your prayer life, pray the rosary. Be open. (laughs) (laughs) Write a letter to Father Nick Ventura at St. Gabriel Radio. Uh, Oh, great. You know, it sounds like be open. Do your research. Make sure you're not getting into something super funky. Mm-hmm. But and then also, if you're listening and you like to take leadership at your parish, don't force other people to do what works for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that's where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like be open to how the spirit moves, but at the same time, you know, trust the church. And you know that about concludes our time together. And speaking of prayer, let's go ahead and close in it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the many gifts that you give us. Help us to understand how they lead us closer to you. And we ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, this is a live for more. My name is Father Nick Ventura. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online on demand on stgabrielradio.com. We're joined in the studio by Tricia Casson, Andrew Maynard, and Jenna Zins. Until next time, God bless. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then-